All right. Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today is episode 38. We have Tracy and Jeremy with us. Um, we have a power couple. It's our first time doing this format where we got uh, us talking to two people at the same time. So how are you folks doing this morning? We're good. We're good. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, so I guess let's dive into it a little bit. You guys were telling me you've known each other since you were pretty young. So at what age did you guys first meet? Um, it was about 12, 13 years old. It was eighth grade. Okay. And you guys are the same age. So you're yes. both yeah, same grade. Um, what were your childhoods like at that time separately? Did one, maybe one of you can go first. Maybe you trace. What was your childhood like? Give us a little bit about that. Mine was awesome. Um, I grew up with my mom and dad, both in my household. My dad was, he was the glue of the family. So I think that's where I get that from <laughs> he was the one that held everything together he was fun he was outgoing he was you know we grew up in a hockey rink he coached hockey um we we did everything together um and then my dad got really sick when I was 14 15 years old um he didn't like the word cancer he knew he had it didn't want to tell us and within two weeks he was gone Sorry to hear that. He was my mom's high school sweetheart. All right, and take your time. Um, yeah, it sucks. What about you, Jeremy? How was your life growing up at this, up until that point? It was good. I had my mom and dad were there for me all the time. Um, I'm uh, actually a recovering alcoholic. Okay. Um, when I was little, I had three leg surgeries done one when I was maybe I don't know five six and then when I was maybe 11 and then my last one was a freshman in high school what were the surgeries for I used to walk on my toes when I was little they were heel lengthening so they had to cut the back of his cord on his heel so that he can grow his okay. legs weren't growing with his body. So it was, it, his spine was basically compressed. So if he didn't get them caught, then he wouldn't grow and he'd have a lot of complications. He's probably be in a wheelchair. Wow. Yeah. So they had to cut him each time he grew. So Jeremy, were you exposed to any type of drugs at that point? Did they give you painkillers or anything like that? Sounds like a- No, I mean, they just, maybe like, that I can remember probably just like Tylenol and stuff like that. Cause I was, I was young and then I had, I had cast on both legs, every surgery. So I was either on crutches or a wheelchair. That must've been hard as a kid. It, it was, it was hard, but I got through it just like I'm getting through this right now. Yeah. So you got to do your fighter. So you guys met in eighth grade. So how did, how did that happen? I think you were telling me there's a little bit of a story behind that, how you met. Yeah. Um, it started, he was already in that school and I moved around quite a bit when I was little because, you know, that's what we did. <laughs> um, so we moved to Newport um, when I was about 12, 13 years old. And uh, we went to airport high school. And uh, when I moved in there, I started school with him at airport and we just became friends. Okay. 
And what age was this exactly? You said it was eighth grade, so you're about 13? I was about 13, yeah. You guys remember your first date or anything like that? We actually didn't hook up then because I was in a relationship with his, I don't want to say names, but his, one of his friends. Okay. And we became close because we were, we became best friends. You know, I was with his friend all through high school and, you know, we just, we hung out all the time and, but we never, never seen each other like that. We just were friends. Well, they said that's the best relationship. Start off that way because you want to be best friends with your partner. Mm-hmm. It, I makes think it, it makes it easier. Yeah, I was gonna say because I think, I think what, that's what helped is because I knew him before his addiction, yeah. so I knew how he was. I knew his personality. I knew I knew what a great guy he was. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to see who we are deep down inside, especially during the uh, throes of in the throes of addiction. Yeah, I honestly think if um, if I didn't know him before it, I probably wouldn't be here with him today because I would have gave up. But the love that I have for him is strong. I see that. Um, so, what were the noticeable changes that you say, like you know, that you remember? He was different while he was either drinking or smoking or whatever you were doing. Um, I was actually in the middle of a divorce. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to Madison's mom. And, and that's when it really it started I re- getting heavy. Yeah. Um, I noticed a lot then too. Um, I refused to get into a relationship then. We were talking as friends, but at that time, I didn't want to hang out. I didn't want to, you know be around him I didn't want any until his divorce was final all of that I didn't want any say so any part of it because I've had I've had a rough past with relationships and I didn't want to jump into one that he was already just getting out of divorce it was it was a mess because I had to get a DNA test on Maddie I mean, I wish I knew she was mine, but I had to get a piece of mine. Yeah, no, I, I thought about doing the same thing about my daughter, but uh, she looks just like me. Everyone that sees my daughter, I call her Little Anonymous. Everyone says Little Anonymous looks just like me. <laughs> um, but so what age were you guys when you um, finally got together? 23, 24 something like that and so did you each have a kid going in we did he had his daughter from his marriage and then I had my daughter from my previous relationship we weren't married um but we just we split because it was it was a mutual agreement we just come to terms that it was something that we just weren't meant for each other so made it easy (laughs) So when do you think, Jeremy, you notice, because um, in case listeners don't know, out of this couple, Jeremy is the one who uh, faces the issues with addiction and recovery and Tracy's a support system. So for you, Jeremy, when did you start notice anything that would start leaning towards an addictive behavior? Like, was it young with you or when did that start happening? I can remember. I really didn't start drinking until maybe, well, I was, I was 21. But then it just got, it got worse through just my divorce and 
from there on out, you got it. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad when we first got together. Um, and then it, I, I've noticed things changing, um, with work and his attitude. And I noticed that it was, he went to hard liquor and it, it got out of hand and it was to the point where he was, I was worried. He was drinking and driving. He was drinking at work. He was drinking on the job. He would come home and drink and he would drink until he would pass out. It was, it was bad. I had to do something. I said, it got bad. Was that from the beginning of the relationship that all started or? Yeah. And it was, you said, well, it started because when our first date, he went to jail. Mm -hmm. You told me that. So, um, like, he had was taking me home and um I noticed there was a car a cop that was following us and I just kept looking back and he's like what are you doing and I'm like there's a cop behind us and he's like it's okay we ain't doing nothing wrong and I'm like no he's been following us for like five minutes and as soon as we turned from the red light the lights went on and I was like I told you (laughs) and then um they took him to jail and it was a flight risk. They seen him as he missed a court date. Um, he was in jail for a month and I had his car, his phone, his wallet, money. I had everything. And I had to call his mom. Um, and I met his mom five minutes prior to me going home that day. So it was hi, bye. Nice to meet you. Hey, now your son's going to jail. (laughs) So it was, it was rough, but I stuck by his side when he was in jail. Um, I went and visited him. Uh, at the time I moved to Indiana at that same time. Um, I took a job offer down there and I had a friend that lived in Indiana and she took me and my daughter in and we, I was working and making money. And I, he was the one that I wanted to hear from first thing in the morning. And he was the one that I wanted to hear his voice when I went to bed. That's how I knew I had to be with him. He pretty much knew this from when you guys had just reconnected. Yeah, and he went to jail, and he was in jail for a month. So it was, he had to call me. I had to wait around, and I had to make sure that I was near the phone when he called, or I missed his phone call, because he only got that one phone call, and I made sure he had money on his card to call me. He had called me at least three times a day. I made sure you can call me in the morning, in the afternoon, and before he had to get locked back down. And I made sure he had money on his commissary. I went and visited him, and that's where it left off. <laughs> she was always there. That's that's huge. That's huge, especially since you guys had just been starting to, to kind of date each other. Yeah, and his mom actually is the one who picked me up, took me to lunch, and she was supposed to go in with me to see her son in jail. Well, she dropped me off at the door and says, I can't do it. Tell him I love him. Is it going to be too much for her? It was. So she sat in the car and I went in by myself. And that was the hardest thing I've had to do was see someone that you care about and you love behind a glass that you can't touch, you can't hug, you can't help. It was rough. That must be. I mean, I can only imagine what his mother was going through. Not that I'm oh, a yeah, father. She, she just cried. She just, I can't do it. She goes, I can't help him. We couldn't get him out. Like it was, it was a lot of money. Like it was cash bond. 
like there was no no if ands or but it was a ten thousand dollar cash bond yeah no ten percent nope and then finally one day the judge was just like you know why are you still in here and he goes i don't know <laughs> so i get a phone call one day um and you know how when you make them phone calls and you have to put money on the cards when you're in jail yeah well, I didn't have any money on the card. So I get a phone call. You know how it says, say your name? Well, it says, come get my ass. I can get out. And I was like stunned. Remind you, I just left lunch with his mom and she was dropping me off at home. And we just got in the driveway at my mom's house. And um, I get that phone call and she's like, what do you mean? He just said, come get my ass. So I hang up really quick. I call the jail and they said, oh yeah, $150 and he can get out. I hung up. I said, okay. So we called one of his best friends because we didn't have the money at the time. And he lent us the money to get him out. And he was out within a couple hours. But at the same time, I had to go back to Indiana for work. So I had my friend there to pick me up. So when he got out, I was already long gone and it sucked because I wanted to see him, but it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but I think it was two or three days after he got out of jail, he drove all the way to Indiana, picked me up and we've been together since. Amazing. So what was it like in there, Jeremy? What was jail like? It was horrible. I made yeah. the best of it though. I pretty much kept to myself and waited for that day to get out. What were the negative things about it? Uh, food. <laughs> he was so skinny when he came home. Oh my God. I think he was like 135 pounds. He had wow. a beard that I've never seen him have a beard before. His hair was so grown. Like <laughs> it was, he looked rough. Never again. I was going to say, did you, did you learn anything from it? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. He never went back. I'm was... terrified. I'm an asshole. I've been arrested plenty of times. Thank God I've never went to jail for like more than a night. But uh, now that I'm sober, terrified to get locked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I, I guess not. Like when I was drunk, I didn't give a shit. Right. Like, oh, whatever. Take me to fucking jail. I, yeah. I guess I also. I don't know if it's white privilege or whatever, but I also used to always say I get out. I go to jail. I've never been stuck in there. Um, but everyone's different, you know? That's the longest he's he ever went. He That's went, the only time I've He went. went one time, and he went for a month and never went back. Yeah, month, man. That's a long... It sounds like it sounds like nothing, but when you're in jail, that's a long time. Well, when, he, when we got together, I kind of gave him an ultimatum. And I, I didn't want to, but it was... It was his friends or me because his friends were alcoholics and I knew it and they always would get in trouble. They were running from the police. They were doing stupid stuff. And I'm like, I have a child to think about. I'm not going to get wrapped up in that stuff. So, and you see who he chose. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a difference between saying choose between your friends and me when you're just saying that for no reason, mm -hmm. but you had a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, I think the best way to say it would be, you were telling him, choose that lifestyle. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't trying to tell him to, 
an ultimatum. It basically was, if you want to continue on that path, I can't continue it with you. I have a child to think about. Yeah. So I, I thought about it and here we are. And yeah. I think a year after we got our own place and we got custody of Madison. So as far as you and the drinking and the relationship, when did, were you drinking? Like when you guys, cause you said you asked him to choose between his friends and you. But so when he chose you, were you started drinking by yourself then? It sounds like. Well, it started. I drink all the time. Yeah. He, he drank. It wasn't as bad in the beginning. So I can tolerate his drinking cause it wasn't too bad. Um, What's I actually, there were some points where I drank with him because it was like, okay, I can't get him to not. So I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have some drinks with him. And it, I didn't care. You know, I, I didn't care to drink. I was never a big drinker. I, I was the DD when we went out everywhere with my friends when I was younger, I never cared to drink. And, uh, it was, it was when we first moved moved in together and he started a new job and this job was very stressful um they didn't have safety the right way um they were working it was construction I underground did. I did underground boring yeah and they didn't have the right ppe they didn't have the right safety equipment um he was working in the middle of a road and he could have got killed, you know, it was dangerous. It was like, it was around like 12 hours a day, pretty much. I never seen him. He would come home, he would pick up a beer and then he started hanging out with one of the coworkers. They all drank there. Yeah. They all drank. They all did some type of drug. Um, and I didn't care for it, but I just, I let him be him, you know, but it I, wasn't me though. I just let him do his thing. And it just got worse over the years. Um, we This went on for eight, six years, about six years, yeah. six years of our marriage. It went on the first six years of our marriage. Um, then it was, we, we just, so I exploded. Six years, well, six years was what, how, like the drinking? Yeah. Was it like heavy duty drink? Like how would you? Gauge well, it drinking? started, it started it with, it was started with beer, very mild. Um, and then it progressively, I noticed when he was switching to the hard liquor, so he was doing rum and Coke and it was to the point where he was buying a gallon at a time. And that gallon would be gone by the end of the day. Wow. And he would black out. Um, there was times where he'd fall asleep and I couldn't get him up. He would fall asleep in the chair. Um, there was a point in time where I did get him up and I told him to hold on and he fell down the stairs and broke his toe. Um, it, it just got worse and I was talking to his mom I was doing research and it was I I I was at a loss I didn't know what to do and how to help him so you knew well, he was when I finally researched I was like I can't help him this is something I cannot do he's got to do on his own so I planned a Florida trip real quick where did you where did you find that research um, online, actually, I just, I was Googling and I come across other addicts and, and AA, and I just started researching. And then, um, that's when I was like, okay, well, let's just, let me plan a trip because the only way that I can actually physically talk to him without him 
running away from me and getting in his car and leaving and I never see him again was to take him thousands of miles away where he couldn't run. So we ended up in Florida for a family vacation and it was the worst fucking family vacation ever. I didn't want to go. He didn't. And I forced him. I, I put him in the car. I put the kids in the car and we drove to Florida. It was, it, it was a the hell first of a drive. Was okay. Yeah. But it was like a uh, day or two before we left. It got, it got, we got in a fight and that's where I broke down. Yeah. And then we were okay when we got to Florida. What and do you mean by real quick? Real Florida. quick, Jeremy, what did you mean by that when you broke down? I finally hit rock bottom. Oh, that's we, rock in Florida. Bottom. In Florida. Yeah. It was our last day in Florida. And oh no, it was two days before we were leaving. Two days. And I was to the point where I was just gonna get my money back and we were gonna leave that night. Like I was pissed. I was done with this. And I, I wanted a divorce. Basically I was done. I couldn't live like this anymore. And, uh, it, it, we exploded. And I mean, the kids seen it and we don't fight in front of the kids, our kids in eight years, we've been together, never seen us fight ever. Like we don't let them see us fight. And that was the first time. And I think we, I think we scared them. And uh, we were in the hotel and I asked Madison to watch the younger kids and we went out and talked and I let him scream and yell at me. I let him, he said, he just was going at it, screaming and yelling at me. And he never called me names, which he's never have in our whole relationship, even drinking. He's never bashed me, never called me names. And uh, he broke it was, and I, it was just finally, I, I think I looked over at him and I said, it was a silence. It was like two, three minute pause. And I looked at him and it was like, do you think that this stems from you not drinking? I said, do you think that this is a side effect of you not drinking? Cause he was angry. He was depressed. He was miserable. And I knew what it was because of research. And that's what he did. He just broke. He cried. He was like, I am so sorry. He goes, I've never looked at it that way. And that was, that was the last straw. We come home from Florida and things were good. He was doing some AA. He got, he had a sponsor and that sponsor, it, he was a rude sponsor. I didn't like I didn't, We didn't like him. So wait, so basically having everything come to like a crash, everything came to a head on vacation. Yeah. And that's when it seems like right now, Jeremy, it seems like you're getting upset just thinking about it. Um, well, there was another breakdown after that, too. All right. So for this so one, though, you guys decided that you were both going to go decide to try to get help together. Is yeah. That the first time you would say that was the case. That was the first time that we've actually come together and we, you know, we were researching stuff and we reached out to people and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't know where I could go because my head was so fucked up. You know, and Jeremy, you knew you were an alcoholic at this point. You said, I, I have a problem and I need help. Yeah. You, you knew you were an alcoholic. Yeah. Is that the first time you realized that? That's the first time I've said it. That was the first time it actually came out of his mouth. And that was hard. Oh, that's part of my language. That's fucking huge. You know, yeah. people don't realize what it's like to be that and first we were time in a and you car. <laughs> Um, my name is this, and I'm an alcoholic, or I'm a drug addict. And 
I'm both. I'm an equal opportunity defender. I snorted, drank, smoked, name it. And I'm not ashamed of it no more. You know what I mean? Because I, I said it. I got it out. That's a huge thing for us addicts is just admitting it. I was proud of him. That's why it's the first step. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying to someone, even if the steps didn't exist and I was writing my own completely brand new, that would still be kind of step one. You have to come forward because I think when you admit it out loud, it kind of it makes you admit it in your head more. Yeah. Saying it out loud really kind of ingrains it in you. Exactly. Oh, shit, I, I can't handle my shit right now and I need some help. And I was, I, me being the wife, I was lost. I was, I, I was, my head was so confused. Um, my mind was basically saying, I need to protect my children. I wasn't thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about my husband and his addiction. I was thinking my children and making sure that all the bills were paid, making sure that, you know, we had a roof over our head, food to eat. I was working two jobs at one point just to help with bills. I never, I didn't see my kids. I was working a midnight job and a daytime job. It was, it was rough just so that he could still drink and he could still not be sick. You know, you know who you guys sound like right now, right? Bill and Lois. Mm-hmm. Lois, Lois had to go back in the day people don't realize for a woman to go to work was a big deal in the 30s it was the men worked yeah we actually watched that movie last night well we did oh which one the um love is not enough or love is not like enough with winona Ryder. yet yeah it's great but you know what that that movie also really showed you he was a miserable drunk he was yes. not he was a miserable bastard he treated her like shit um and I was, it, I felt it. I was in them shoes. Well, you just didn't know what to do. I just didn't voice my opinion. I, I didn't want him to leave me. I didn't want to break up our family. And it was, it was rough because I did love him. And I, I, I do love him. And I did, never wanted to see him hurt. And I never wanted to see him go through that pain. But I didn't know how to help him. I didn't know how to help myself. So... When did you make the decision, Jeremy, that you were done drinking? I think it was right after you said the vacation. Um, no, 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 no. There was a step. Well, like I said, he started AA. Um, okay, and then that's right. that sponsor just was, wasn't a good fit for him. I wouldn't say it was, he just didn't like him. It just wasn't his fit. And uh, I hear that a so lot. he fell off of AA and he stopped doing meetings and he stopped reading his book. And well, you said stop. How long did you go to to begin with? Were you there for a week, two weeks, six months, and then stopped going? It was, a, it was all through Zoom. I never went to in-person meeting, but I, I stuck through them maybe. I think it was like a month or two. Maybe not even that long. Yeah, it wasn't even that long. Maybe a month, month and a half, something like I that. Just, I just didn't like it. I, I didn't know if it was the people or just a personal preference. I, I, I don't know. Do you know what you do? You remember what you didn't like about them? They didn't. They really didn't make him feel welcome at all. Like the sponsor never reached out to him. They never. He he just never made him feel like okay, I can do this. So I told him. I said, "Well, okay. There's other meetings. There's other 
you know, you just got to do the research. I told him, I said, I, it was to the point where I was like, I can't do this for you. Like it was, it was the day before the kids started school this year. Um, that's when hell broke loose. Um, it was, it was the day before they started their first day of school Yeah, and it was nine, 10 o'clock at night. And it actually was around eight o'clock when everything started, the kids went outside, they were playing, they were hanging with friends. Well, they didn't ask to go down the street is what started it. And it was my daughter and our son. And, uh, he always had this thing with my daughter where they never got along. They always butted heads. It was, I, I felt like I had to choose sides. And it sucked. I said it must be a tough position to be. How in. do you choose between your husband and your child? It was rough. So we went. I went and got him. They came down, came back home. Well, he exploded on my daughter for not asking to go down the street, and that was my last straw. I exploded. I was like, "You are not going to throw my daughter under the bus." I said, "Your son went down there too." And it just escalated from there. And he was, it, 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 I mean, I, let's just say I was throwing shit. I punched a wall. I don't know how I didn't break my hand. I punched a wall so hard. I threw shit. Like the kids come out of their room screaming and crying. I felt bad. Um, but at the same time, I was, I felt relief that I told him how I felt because everything was, it was bottled up inside for eight years. This, it was an eight year itch brawl that came out in us. And, and we, both, we both exploded. It wasn't just her. Yeah. We, we both needed to get it out. Yeah. He exploded on me. I exploded on him. He left, came back. Um, it was bad. Um, I, let's just say I packed my kids up, his daughter as well. She was coming with me. Um, packed, packed them up and I was leaving. I was going to my mom's house. I was done. I wasn't living like this anymore. I almost relapsed that night too. And then as I was walking out the door, the kids were already in the car. As I was walking out the door, he said, can we talk before you leave? And I just looked at him. I was pissed. I just gave him that look. And I said, what more is there to talk about? I said, this is eight years of dealing with this shit. I said, and I'm fucking done. And he said, just, can we talk before you leave? So I went and got the kids out of the car, brought them back in the house. Um, we came downstairs and I talked and I let him talk. I let him express how he felt. And I just looked at him and I said, things have to change. I said, this is eight years of this shit. I said, and I'm fucking done. And he just bawled. And he said, I need help. And I can't do this by myself. And I told him, I said, I, I've been there for the last eight years. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I said, but you have to help me. I said, because I can't keep doing this. And then he come to realize that he was realizing that the kids would scatter when he would get home. They would go to their rooms and they didn't want to be around him. And that was our breaking point. We've been amazing since. 
it takes a lot to get there. I mean, it's not. It does. It it, it and it's a, it's rough. And and I don't recommend. I don't want anybody to go through whatever I had to deal with, you know, and what he struggles with. It's it's a nightmare. And so after the blow up, the huge fight, you threatening to leave. Did you have to go into rehab, Jeremy? No, no. I never once been to rehab. I stayed with him um, day in and day out through his detox. Um, I worked in a doctor's office at the time. So I was going to say that's that's kind of dangerous only because you can withdraw. You get the delirium tremens. And I had like that. a yeah, I worked in a doctor's office. So I had my doctors are the doctor that I worked for, which was his doctor as well. I had his personal cell phone number, um, everything. And I, I stayed home. I think he made me stay home two or three days with him. Um, the first two to three days. So he could detox to make sure he was okay. Um, he wasn't having seizures or anything like that. So I, I, I mean, be being working in the medical field since I was 15, I had that experience to help him. So I was able to help him without going into treatment. I don't recommend that by all means, anybody doing that <laughs> but i had the experience that i was able to do that yeah like, I didn't... turkey you went cold turkey you said oh cold turkey he dumped the beer out and that night like all of his beer he dumped it in the sink that night that we had our fight and um the first fight yeah dumped it out he i think he had a 12 pack in there that he dumped out and beer's not been in our house since Yeah, I started once in a while, but I'm I'm learning how to cope with them too. You said you guys cravings once in a while. No triggers. What would you say are some of your triggers? Between uh, twelve and one o'clock comes. I just noticed that the other day, actually. That's when I started drinking every day between noon and one. And he didn't notice between noon and one that I've always made a point to text him. And he put that together the other day. He figured it out. <laughs> because I wanted to keep his mind and his hands busy during that hour. Because that's when he would start. I, gotta, I just got to keep my, I got to keep myself busy. Yes. He's finally like, I've noticed now that he is sober. There's little things that I, I can catch him noticing on that I'm doing for him now. Like before it was, he didn't care, but now I can see, you know, he's actually seeing things. He's realizing things. Now he's remembering things before I would have to remember everything. I help her now. Yeah. Yeah. You actually have uh, something to help with. You got some spear yeah. back inside of you. But yeah. yeah. I mean, so you went cold Turkey. How has the journey been since then? Um, I'm trying to think of any questions I have because well, I want to ask your first two years what were your, real quick before that what was it like for your actual detox because we spoke about you going cold turkey ass. what did it feel like how did you actually feel yeah I guess as Tracy saying I it sucked ass I didn't get no sleep I was sh he's shaking jitters. sweating um, he 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 was shaking so bad his hand was like I couldn't even write. He yeah, his hand was like this. Yeah. 
It was, it, it sucked. <laughs> I had to make sure that he had a cold rag on him all the time because he was sweating. Yeah, so I was lucky. I went to rehab, so I had some medication. I don't, I don't know. Exactly. your spouse go through that, it's the hardest thing you can ever do. Must be. Especially when you feel so helpless. I, I, it is because I, I couldn't help him. He, it, it, it was just, he had to get it out of his system. It was something I just had to make him feel comfortable. And it was like, no matter what I did, I couldn't. Yeah, I remember my hand shaking, but the doctors and detox, I, I did take a pill for the first yes. few days. It was for I was like medication too. Yeah. yeah, I forget what they gave me. It was one pill. He was on Anabuse. Is that, is that like, um, that's a pill that helps with if you um, drink, you get if sick you of drink yeah and he did once <laughs> he drank while on it mm -hmm. yeah let's and just we, say he felt it all day i mean yeah and then i was put on another one that was for uh cravings, cravings. i can't think of I what that one I don't was that one. Nope, nope. I, I don't i can't remember that one yeah i can't remember what that one so was you, so when you went sober, you slept a few times? Uh, this was, um, this, is, he's, the he, this is the fifth time that he's tried to get sober in our eight years. So okay. that one, I, I want to say that one was the, either the second or third time when we tried. Um, I lost count after the first try. Yeah, it was, this, this was the fifth. Let's just say the fifth was the charm. <laughs> I was going to say, so the first time you got sober, how long did you stay sober for? Not very long. It was two months, if that. The second time was, it was a little longer. There was like three months. Um, when you go back, how long did you go back for? Was it like you drank one night and, and fast? No, or no. Did you go, no. It was years. Yeah. It was, I, he just, and it, 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 he asked me too, which was, well, you know, do you care if I have a drink today? And I just, I looked at him and he goes, I promise if I catch myself slipping, he goes, I'll stop. I didn't. And I, and I, and I keep thinking back to the Bill and Lois movie and I'm just like, she did the same thing. <laughs> she was like, okay. <laughs> she let him drink and she just let him be him. And it was, it's it, it thing something just triggered me and I just exploded and I just couldn't do it no more. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never been on that end, but I can only imagine now that I'm a father, I just think of anything. If this was going on to my daughter, someone that I loved and I felt helpless, how I couldn't help them. Yeah. But once I realized it was a disease, it started making th everything a little bit easier. That's when I realized it. It was a disease, which is why I stuck by his side because I knew it was something he couldn't control. You know, before I was angry with him, I was angry because he couldn't stop drinking. I'm like, I can do it. Why can't you? I'm like, it's just fucking alcohol. And I'm like, I, I don't get it. And then I started researching and I'm like, okay, I'm slowly getting it now. I'm like, this is something that he, he obviously can't control. I'm like, it, it's, he's sick. I was allergic yeah. to it. And it took me years to realize, you know, but I was angry at him for so long. I resented everything he put me through. 
Yeah, they don't. They no longer think it's an allergy, but they, there are some people who think it's an uh, what do you call it, a disease, and then there's some people who still think it's not. But um, it fits the bill as far as a disease when you look at some of the categories, like you know, um, like uh, obesity or uh, diabetes. It has same some of the same effects. Yeah, because it's messing symptoms. with the 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 triggers or the the endorphins and the serotonin and the dopamines that's in your brain that is causing you to think differently so after I started doing my research I was able to help him and it was something he had to help himself first it wasn't the only way to be helpful is to realize you can't really be that helpful. You have to kind of just sit by the wayside. Exactly. It's a good old fashioned saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Exactly. Yeah. And that was what I was going through. It was, it sucked because I was, I was, I was right there. You know, I was so close to helping him and it was, and he was sober for so many times and I, you know, but he just kept going back and I'm like, I just wasn't understanding why he just couldn't kick it. And I realized it was something that he had to do for himself. It wasn't something that I could help him with. So I laid it all on the table for him. I exploded. I basically told him either you fix this or I'm gone. Um, I said, this is something that you have to do. I said, I can't do this for you. And I basically, he, he was, like I said, he was doing the AA and then fell off. And I basically told him like, you have to do this. I can't put in the work for you. You know, I can help you, but I cannot put in that work for you. That's something that you have to do if you really want to be sober. And I think something that I said triggered and he's stuck to it since, and then come across your group and this helped. we've been the happiest since (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome so um should i just had a question that uh my mind but jeremy you were about to say something i was just saying this group this group has helped me a lot i'm glad i I mean i'm just hoping that it's going to do just that there's really no grandiose ideas i just want to have where i can help people and that's all there is to it. It was, like it was to the point with me where I realized I had a I was an emotional eater. And I I was pushing 300 pounds. Like I still went out and did things. I still hung out with my kids. I still played with them, but it was hard. I I every step I was taking, I was out of breath. I was miserable. I was depressed. Um I so would cry myself own addiction. to sleep every yeah, and you my own addiction, addiction through this. Was there a reason that you were an overeater? Did you have your own personal? Because a lot of times it's just like a drug addict. They have the, you have your own personal trauma. And mine that was in your life. I think mine was coping with his addiction. Um, I think were I was you, trying. I was covering up his problem with mine. Were you problem. overweight before you guys got together, though, or no? This kind of you gained the weight. I've always together. I've always been overweight. Um, but I've always carried my weight very well. So I never, I was still the cheerleader, the basketball player. I was always just the heavier one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still was out there and I still did the sports. I still did, you know, and I noticed when we got together and he started drinking more, I was eating more and it was, 
I think I was covering up my emotions with food. So I would pick up ice cream. I would pick up potato chips. Uh, my addiction was Mountain Dew and peanut M&Ms. Like I always <laughs> had them by my side. Like me. I, I, <laughs> yeah, now he's the Mountain Dew and the peanut butter M&Ms. Yep. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was, it was bad. And I finally, when he started getting sober, I was focusing on myself. And I realized that I need to fix my health because my kids and my husband need me at my best to support them. So I went on this health journey and I am down 92 pounds now. Wow. Yeah. I'm now currently sitting at 172 and I'm the happiest I can be. I'm healthy. I can run. I can run with, without being out of breath now with my kids, I can chase them and, and have fun with them. It's amazing. I have clothes that can fit me now. <laughs> yeah, I battle with my weight as well. Um, I'm, I'm right into this day. I'm still fighting my own battle. That's for me personally. I've just switched my addiction. I've seen now that I've taken food up as an addiction a little bit. I'm not eating the right stuff. I'm eating to get high. So I know the feeling. Because you said that my my addiction is cardio drumming now. Like my, I have a friend that started me on it and I help teach the classes now because of it and she's been my biggest supporter and my best friend and she's the reason I have a voice right now because she's the one that helped me I wouldn't say explode on him <laughs> but help me have my voice to kind of fix things <laughs> because before I just shut down yeah so I know one thing that's big in Jeremy's life is AA. I see you, you seem like a big book uh, reader. What is, what was your journey with AA? How did that start? Was it something you took the initiative to go to meetings? Yeah, Tracy, Tracy kind of make you go? No, I, I actually did it myself. I didn't okay. make him go. I gave him the option. I said, you know, here's this. I said, we can get you a big book. We ordered it the next day. Um, he started reading it and he just was reaching out to people um, online and it led to a group, an alcoholic anonymous group. And he met some good people there, but it just, that group wasn't his fit. I didn't like the people. So he just started doing it on his own. Well, we get that a lot. I, I find joking around. I say we get all the strays that didn't make it into AA or NA and they come find us here. What was it that, you say those weren't your people. Was there anything specific? Because I'm always looking to learn about what people's turn-ons and turn-offs were. I think a lot of it had to do with the step process. And, and it's not like people are forced to do the steps. Like, you know, that's not what it's about. But it was like, oh, you got to do these in order for you to be sober. And that wasn't the case. Yeah, no. And I I think that's what pushed him away from it. And I think that because it was like he had to write, he had to think, he had to, you know, and this was all like, oh, my God, like his brain wanted to explode. It was a lot when I didn't really know how to do it. You needed help along the way. And y'all, I think that's another thing is not to overwhelm somebody. Exactly. And I think that's what happened there 
is they, they just, they push everything at once and they don't let you let things sink in and kind of absorb what is going on. If you're new, that's why I, I love the group that we're in because if you're new, we just try to let you listen at first, you know, we let you ask questions, anything, you know, we don't push anything. And that's why I love you guys. Cause you guys don't push anything on him. Some people don't even know that I have not, we, we have our own steps. Some people don't even know that. Yeah. I don't push our steps on anyone. It is just, Oh, by the way, if you need another tool in your tool belt, this right. might help. Exactly. You. And that's what I try to tell a lot of people is there's one big important step. And the first step is the biggest important step. And that's the only step that I tell people that I require you to do. And that is to admit that you're powerless over it. Because once you do that, everything will come into place. Exactly. And that's one of the things I also think people need to start if they're going to use AA, doing the first step the right way. A lot of people say in AA, you have to admit you're powerless over life. That's not what it says. It says you admit you're powerless over alcohol. That's it. Number step one says you admit you're powerless over alcohol. Um, So you still have a lot as far as what goes on in your life. You do have say. Some people act like, no, once you're in AA, you just let go. And somehow Jesus alongside the big book is just going to guide you the rest of your life. That's not how it is. Well, that was the thing because he, we were going to church when he was drinking, when he was in his active addiction, we would go to church and we would leave church and go right to the party store. And it was, it, and it sucked because I had, I've always, I've always believed in faith. My kids taught me faith because I had two children born three months early um, I lost my first one. He was one pound, nine ounces. And then I turn around two years later and had another one, which is cadence. And she was one pound, 11 ounces. Um, it was a long 92 days in the NICU with her. And she taught me strength. She taught me how to fight. She taught me all about faith. And I just had to kind of show him, <laughs> you know, so he, he woke up and realized, you know, when he did what faith was about. Yeah. Faith is different than admitting your powerless, especially, mm-hmm. but that, that's the one thing is I try and tell people you have some say in your own life. Don't act like you just, I understand the whole let go and let God, but there are some things you still need to you know, take, take by the reins, I guess. If that yeah. Makes and yeah. you don't have to be religious, you know, to have faith. There's no. people out there that have so much faith and they don't go to church. They don't believe, you know, they don't, but I mean, we don't really go to church on a regular basis. We, you know, I read the Bible. Yeah. I sit at home. I have a Bible journal that I do. Um, he reads his big book. We, you know, we still talk about it. My, my kids get picked up every other weekend and they go to church. They love it. It's just something that they love to do. So we, we are believing it, but it's not something that we push. I mean, we got baptized in it, but yeah, me, her and uh, Maddie Madison did. 
mind you, in his act of addiction, we got baptized. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, there are good things that come out of his drinking. He, he never was mean. He never. I was a functioning alcoholic. He was hilarious. He was one that we made fun of. And he made fun of himself for it. And I regretted it the next day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know all about the regrets. Was never, day. That's one thing that I think that made me stick around is because he was never a mean drunk. He was always nice. He was always caring. He he was always there for me no matter what. That's good at least. He I always mean, I know I could have been loved me still. It just I just it didn't just, love myself. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. That's absolutely huge. Not loving yourself. I loved him. He loved me. He just couldn't love himself. And yeah. a lot of it stemmed from his childhood. And he was covering a lot of it up. You know, his dad is a recovering alcoholic. His brother is a recovering addict. So it it stems in the family. And they they he had a rough let's just say he had a rough childhood. We won't go into that, but he had a little bit of a rough childhood. So I think a lot of it stems from that. Um, yes, we do counseling, marriage counseling. Um, it took me eight years to get him to go to counseling, <laughs> but he realized that it works. <laughs> We're I opening every, up more. I think every couple should go to counseling, whether they're having problems or not. I think it should just be part of marriage. It I, And it helps because it helps them open up to each other. Yep. And it there's there's things that he's told me that I've never knew about him in eight years. We've been together. It just helps sometimes. Um, yeah. It will. I don't think it will ever hurt. Put it that way. Yeah. I, that's why I think everyone should try it because I don't think it's ever going to hurt. Yeah. It's it's worth it, <laughs> and he's seeing it now that counseling is yeah. not bad. It helps. Yeah. So, Jeremy, what are your favorite parts of AA? What are your favorite parts of the book? Well, this is my second time reading it. Second time and, going through it. Yeah, and I didn't realize a lot of shit the first time that I do now. I just basically just skimmed through it. But that book is it's pretty much my life. Was my life. It's our life to a T. Yeah. Like I that Bill and Lois's life is is me and him. Like it's so crazy and scary how much alike it is to our life. It just, it all makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how long ago it was, what else, mm -hmm. you know, the differences are between what you guys, you know, what you did for a living and things like that. But you guys have the same experiences. It doesn't matter if you're, Wall Street speculator back in the 1930s <clears throat> or Jeremy. Yep. Doesn't matter. We're working in construction. <laughs> exactly. It's all the same. The we we dealt with the same. We had the same anger. We had the same, you know, and I, I, my mind thinks like she thinks. So it's, I was raised to, I don't believe in a divorce. So when we got 
married, I told him, I said, if we, look at that look. I told him, I said, if we fight, you better take your happy ass downstairs. I said, get shit together. I said, cause I ain't going nowhere. I said, so you better suck it up. There's many times where he come down here and he cried and punched shit and came right back upstairs to me. So <laughs> there you go. As long as you have a way to deal with stuff. That's the most important <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'm getting there. I told him I wasn't going anywhere and I meant that. That's good. Because a lot of us don't have that. A lot of a lot of a lot of addicts don't have that support. I was raised that way. My dad, my dad raised me that way. My mom raised me that way. They taught me you don't just give up. If you truly, truly love somebody, you go through the same hell that they go through. He suffers, I suffer. He has a bad day, I have a bad day. We get through it together. That's what marriage is about. Yeah. So what is life like nowadays? Uh, is there anything that you want to touch on thing on specifically how things might have gotten better in some areas or anything like that? What's life like for you guys nowadays? Being sober, it's, it's, it's a gift. It's amazing. I mean, I still battle, yes. I mean, we all do. He has his bad days. I learned how to get through the days. Well, let me ask you that then real quick. What's a bad day like for you? just about, I, I honestly i don't know he just you can see it on his face he has that resting bitch face resting bitch face oh yeah and then he just shuts down he don't say nothing um he's very quiet i know if he don't say anything to me he i know something's wrong and i can i can just read his face first thing in the morning like he don't have to say anything to me all i have to do is look at his face and i can tell something's wrong and he thinks that's scary. <laughs> my kids too, though. I can do the same thing with my kids. You know, I can tell when something's wrong. Like that's what they just, call it, mother's intuition, right? Yeah. I, that's just, that's just the mom and the wife in me. You know, I was raised to be there. <laughs> so what is an important lesson you guys have learned from all this? Go one at a time, but a lesson you've learned. Take your time if you need to think for a moment. The lesson I've learned in this? Yes, just a, a good lesson you've learned from dealing with all this type of stuff. I The lesson I've learned is that I wish I would have had a voice sooner. And then maybe I wouldn't have, maybe we could have had a handle on it sooner. But the fact that I let it go on for eight years is what I, it is my lesson i should have said something sooner and i should have we should have ended it sooner but i didn't know how but now that i know how i want to help others so that they can not be put through the same thing and with us together it's an amazing thing that we can do because we've been through it so we can help others get through it and save marriages yeah. save lives yeah yeah is there an important lesson you've learned in all this jeremy yeah that my wife has extreme patience <laughs> there you go it wasn't for her we wouldn't be here right now that's important remind you i work with special needs kids i work in a school and work as a special education para pro so 
having patience is just, it's built in me. <laughs> That's something I don't have. <laughs> now, some of us just aren't built that way. I have patience to a degree, but then yep. once you really, once mm-hmm. you really push it, then I kind of just know oh, yeah. no more. It runs out yep. fast. It's just saying my son, our son has ADHD like him and he's got the hyper kind. And for six years, I was ready to pull my fucking hair out, but I had patience. (laughs) Now he's on medication and you can see a difference in him and he's thriving in school because of it, but I couldn't do nothing until he was six. So a lot of patience between him and my children being born early and it I just my dad passing at 15 I just I learned to have a lot of patience good things come to those who wait yeah so what other stuff you guys doing nowadays Jeremy is there any kind of regiment you're on as far as staying sober any kind of um, words of wisdom you can give to the listeners anyone who might be listening and watching I, I, I tell myself one day at a time. It's all you can do. I read my book. I, I, get I do notice though, when he doesn't read his book daily, like if he don't pick that book up that day, he's crabby. Yeah. It's, it's something I have to wonder. You, you got to say yourself, him. are you not reading the book because you're crabby or are you crabby because you haven't read the book? Both. Which one? I think it's, yeah, I think it's both. The cycle. Yeah. So I noticed when he, he gets that time in and he can read his mood and his, he's just, everything's more clear. What well, kind of puts you, I mean, I, I, I like the big book, even though I'm technically writing our own book and stuff. I still right. love that stuff. And it could just, it, it could put you in the right mindset for the day. And it's not only the big book, it's, it's anything like find a hobby. Because when you find a hobby, your brain is working about that hobby and not thinking about your addiction or your anxiety or your depression, your, your mind is detouring from that and keeping you busy. So if you find a hobby or find something that you like to do, I guarantee you it's a game changer. Yeah. A big thing I always suggest is meditation because we're talking about the big book. I think it's over 10 times. Bill mentions the word meditation. Yeah, over sure does. ten times. Um, so it's a very important thing. I mean, even if you read scripture, read you know the Bible in the morning, then meditate on. Because that's what Bill and Lois used to do. I think Lois would read some scripture and then they would meditate for thirty minutes on what she actually just read. I get up at five thirty every morning and I'll read something out of the Bible before I have to get the kids up to go to school. Yeah. And then you just sit there and meditate on it. Give yourself like another five, 10 minutes to just close your eyes, meditate what you're thinking about, what you were reading about, I should say. And I'm not saying that's something that everybody should do, but that's just something I like to do. So that's why I say, find, find something that you like to do and stick with it. Mine is reading the Bible and cardio drumming. His is reading the big book. Yeah. Got it. It's good to have something to keep your brain busy. Yeah. And it's I, don't have many, I don't have many friends now because when I got sober, they all disappeared, which is a, it's a great thing. Yeah. It's an, unfortunately, an all too common thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's the only thing I was lucky about is I didn't lose too many friends because I was a sit-at-home drunk, like by myself. Yeah, I was so too. Like, so like I, I didn't have a lot of friends where it's like, oh, I used to go out with you know my buddy, whoever, drink all the time. It was no, I'm not really missing anyone because I was, I was just sitting right. home by myself, drunk. I had lost a lot of friends due to his drinking. But they didn't want to be around him when he was drunk. Yeah, I was, it was rough. I couldn't go out. I had to make sure he was home safe. Um, uh, my friends just, they just stopped calling me and I realized those aren't my true friends. It takes two ways to pick up a phone and call. And yep. if you were really concerned about me, you'd be over here trying to help me. That's the way I looked at it. So they weren't friends that I considered friends. I mean, they were, they're friends. They're always there, but they're Facebook friends. Yeah, what do they call them? Fair weather friends. Whenever the weather's yeah. fine, they're out to play. But yeah, when the storm comes in, they're out. You. Yeah. you know who your true friends are. I, I, I have, let's just say I have a handful of friends that I can truly, truly count on that will have my back and be there for me. Like if, if I need to borrow some money or something, they're there in a hot second for me. So, and those are the friends that I have still have in my life. Those are the important friends to have. Yep. Very easy to find those fair weather friends when everything's fine and dandy. They're, they're there for the ride. And all of a sudden the ride gets a little rough. And they're gone. Yep. I think this has been a great interview. Did you guys have anything that you would like to add in here? Um, anything you want to say to our listeners, words of wisdom, words of guidance, or actually one last thing I wanted to touch upon before we go is Tracy, tell us about your little endeavor. You're actually working with our sister and starting a whole new thing, Adenon. Oh, I love Adenon. Um, the, the people in there are amazing. Um, actually, because of you, you helped me create it, you know, and I don't want to take all the credit because, you know, there's someone else that is a founding member as well, but yeah. we started it because she lost her husband due to addiction and mine, it was an active addiction and recovering. And I didn't have nobody to turn to. I didn't know where to go to. Um, I really didn't care for Al-Anon. Um, it just something that I don't know. There's just something in me. I just have these feelings and you can ask him <laughs> when I have these feelings there, you don't ignore them. <laughs> um, and I just had this feeling that that group just was not for me. And I just started reaching out and he come across your group and it was, it was like, bam, bam, Adenon's here. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I want to, I just, I want to be able to help people that are in my shoes that don't know where to go. And now they have a place to go to that they can reach out to and feel safe and, and they can talk about anything. Like there's no rules. There's no, you know, they can just feel safe there. Yeah. That's the whole point of the group. Hopefully we're going to grow it. We'll have some zoom meetings and a bunch of different activities, but for now we have everything merged. Anyone that's interested in adding on, they have their own Facebook group and they can also come to addicts anonymous for more information on zoom meetings and stuff. And add a team. 
and added scene. That's right. And you got your little girl, Madison, that's also involved in that. Yes, she's um, she's been my huge inspiration. She's actually the reason I got through the last eight years. There you go. She's so, helped me. She's had to grow up at a young age. Too fast. Way too fast. And let's just say she no longer speaks to her mother right now. So it may, it, she's been through a lot. Yeah. But hopefully she'll help start that little group and grow it big as well. We're all yes. brand new. We are all brand new. We just And we all learn daily. Like it's not something, yep. you know, that we need to learn right this second. It's every day is a learning process. It's going to be a learning process until you're six feet in the ground. Yeah, exactly. You're never going to have to stop learning. No, especially when you live with an, a recovering addict or an active addict. Every day is a learning curve. So yeah. I just want people to know that, you know, there's help out there. Just reach out. If you don't reach out, then we don't know that you need the help. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize it's kind of like, you know, you. You don't ask, you don't get. Nope. Exactly. I didn't want to ask for help, but I mean, who does? Like, if you really, really, really want to get sober and you really, really want the help, reach out. Or if there's, like me, I didn't know where to turn to. I want people to know that you can always turn to me. If you have nowhere else to go, I've been in their shoes. I am a wife of a recovering alcoholic. I've been there. I've been put through hell, but we've come out on top of it all. And we want to help people save marriages and save lives and help them come out on top of it. Nobody should have to go through what we went through. No child should have to be put through what our children were put through. It's good that you're going to help what you've been through to go help others. Mm-hmm. that's a huge deal not a lot of people do that so you guys you know much kudos to you thank you thank you to our listeners who are not watching i just give a golf clap because <laughs> i want to some of the people are going to be watching this but yeah i think that's all we got so unless you guys got anything else you wanted to add to it i just want to thank you for coming on it was a great story i love hearing thank you for having us you're both getting sober in your own way so here's my little sales pitch to our listeners. If you like us, go down below and give us a like. Also subscribe. You can also go to our Facebook page and give us a like and a review. We also have the Facebook group. Um, also, if you go to the Facebook page, we have a bunch of Zoom meetings that we do weekly and the schedule's on there. Um, also, if you like what you hear, please give us a subscribe down below. Um, we are also on Spotify and we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So that's all I got for today. And until next time.